Now we are recording it. Yay! Forgive me, everyone. Forgive me, forgive me. Um, my little fur animal, my little fur baby, uh, Merlin, who is my Shih Tzu little doggy, who is my healer dog. He's uh, not doing well. He's in renal failure, kidney failure. So it's been a it's been a rough for me. Um, yeah, and I'm about to go out of town, going to New York this weekend to teach Essence of Abundance. Next weekend, I'll be in Florida doing Essence of Being. Yay! The weekend after that, I'll be doing Higher Vibes in Florida as well. And then I'll be back in Atlanta doing uh, uh, Higher Vibes in Atlanta. And so um, stay tuned for all of that. And then you can join me in London if you want in June. We'll be doing uh, Essence of Abundance there as well. Wow. So Essence of Being and Essence of Abundance and Higher Vibes all happening back to back to back so please check out essenceofbeing.com and join us but for now i just want to say uh welcome we're going to go into sex and intimacy and um that's always a fun subject for me um don't know about Mm -hmm. you but (laughs) it's always fun to do and what i'm going to do is um i want you to make sure you have something to write with and something, if you're driving, clearly you don't want to stop, or maybe you want to pull over. But I'm going to give you a bunch of things, and we're going to do a little exercise, just like everyone who knows me and has taken my experiences, my play shops, and have done these power hours, I like to do experiential things. So we're going to kind of do a little digging and find out what your beliefs are around sex and around intimacy. And what that means, okay? So uh, we're going to have fun with that. So get something to write with. And, and hey, hey, Bert, can we ask folks to mute their phone so we can hear you real good? Yeah, I'm going to mute everybody. So I'm going to uh, once I finish all of the, our instructions, and if you have any questions before, I'm going to mute everybody. And then if you want to speak, and I'm going to ask you to, by the way, uh, after you do. After we do one of the exercises, I'm going to have you um, share anything that you'd like to share. So I'm going to go ahead and call everybody now. Okay, let's see. So you can unmute yourself. Um, You can unmute yourself with star six. If you hit star six, that will unmute you. And that way you can speak and be heard, and then you can hit star six again, and that will mute you back. And at some point, I'll just open up the entire section so everybody can share if you want to share anything or if you want me to uh, work with you specifically for a minute about what your experience is of finding out what your beliefs are around sex and intimacy. Okay. Does anybody have any questions before we start? And if you do, hit star six. Okay, there we go. So, okay, how am I going to start this? So you want to, I want to give a definition, I guess, or or give you a distinction of what intimacy is and what sex is. A lot of people think that you can have sex without intimacy and you can have intimacy without sex or you can have both. So just kind of Check in with yourself and, and ask yourself, can I be intimate with another person or be intimate with myself and not have sex? Or if I'm having sex, is it, is it an intimate act or not? So one of the wonderful things I say about intimacy is this, that it is into me see, right? Into me see. So when you open yourselves up, when we open up to allowing somebody to come into our space, it can be scary for a lot of people for a lot of different reasons, and we're going to go through those. So one of the best things that I share with people is that my strength lies in my vulnerability. The stronger you become, the more vulnerable you become, which is totally an oxymoron. It doesn't make sense. And so... You might ask yourself, Burge, you're crazy. You're get, you know, I'm getting burged tonight, but this is this doesn't make sense. But the more vulnerable you become, the stronger you become. The more you can allow into your life and allow people to see into you, and therefore you can come out with strength, with your arms wide open, as opposed to clenched fists. Right? A lot of times we think strength is 
clenching our fists and fighting. But it's really allowing, it's allowing ourselves to be open and vulnerable. And that's how we can have enlightened relationships. So you can have enlightened relationships with yourself, with others, and with your connection to spirit, God, universe. So I say enlightened relationships. You see them and yourself with more and more light until they become a delight. (laughs) I like that. So I'll say that again because I liked it. See, You see them and yourself with more and more light until they become a delight. But it starts with you. So... What keeps us from being intimate? Fear, yeah? There's a fear that comes up, and the fear can look a lot of different ways. Fear of safety. Um, It could be a fear of just old rage or anger that we've had that is um, built up inside of us or has been projected upon us. It could mean fear of, it, it could bring up things like competition, like we did when we were little, competing for our parents' time. It could bring up sibling rivalry and jealousy. So what I always say is, look, when you have a lot of love in your life, if you allow love to come in your life and have some intimacy with yourself and others, it can bring up everything unlike love for the purpose of healing it. So when there's a lot of love present, everything unlike love comes up for the purpose of healing it. And you get to decide if you're going to heal it or not. So fear is a big thing. Now, you can have healthy fear. Fear can actually draw you into greater intimacy, okay? Fear could be an invitation to greater safety, with more energy toward that. In other words, lovers seek new levels of surrender. And that's where the strength lies in my vulnerability. And I understand that oftentimes if we've been betrayed or if we've had traumas or been abused or any of those things that that can bring up a lot of fear. So see if this sounds like you. I have a question. Sure. Um, when you were addressing about the fear and intimacy and how couples feel safe together and on the new levels of more safety, how do you explain the BDSM fetish? Oh, well, how do I explain fetishes is the real question. Thanks for that. (laughs) Thanks for that question. Well, how do I explain it? If it's it's something that you guys feel... Specifically, if you feel safe in doing that, it's something that you're exploring. You're seeking new levels of surrender. So that could be one way of what some of you may feel like surrender feels like. So you're allowing yourself just to let go and surrender to whatever is gonna, you're going to experience. So there's a freedom to that for some people. I don't know if that's the right answer, but that's what... Uh, That's what I feel around that. But this is what happens, though. A lot of times we say, I'll seduce you with my most lovable qualities, but I really won't let you into my heart. Because if you saw who I really am, you'd reject me. Or I'll get hurt. So that's what happens sometimes with when I say strength lies in my vulnerability and seducing uh, and being vulnerable. I, I'll seduce you with my most lovable qualities, but I really won't let you into my heart because if you saw who I really am, you'd reject me or I would get hurt. So that is the fear of into me see. So I would say do not waste energy resisting direction that life naturally moves in. Resistance can create tension and pain and conflict, right? So if you surrender, meaning that you allow, okay? Some people don't like the word surrender, so I'm just going to say allow your body and your emotions and your sexual desires. Allow them to move through you and to experience them. That can lead to peace and satisfaction and ease. 
But see, what happens is we have this paradox of fear that happens around intimacy. We have this fear thing. Another question? Okay. The paradox of fear can be this. We want to get close to somebody, and we have a need to be close. We're pack animals. But at the same time, we have we really want to be alone. We want to need we have a need to be separate and independent. So it's this weird paradox of fear. We want to get close, but we want to be alone. Because we simultaneously we want to avoid situations that are like our past situations. And at the same time, we attract those similar situations to clear and heal in order to be free of them. Because this is what happens when you look at your life and you see any patterns that you have. Do you have patterns of the kind of relationships you've had or intimacy um, connections or sexual partners or whatever? Are there patterns there? So if we don't clear the past, it keeps showing up. If we don't, if we don't, if we're not clear with a lot of things in our life and our past from long ago, all of those things keep showing up with every relationship. It could be a different face, but it's the same kind of thing that happens, right? So, what a lot of times we want to avoid that. We want to avoid those past situations that weren't that didn't feel good. But at the same time, in the universal, if you look at it from a really big picture, we do attract those similar situations in order to heal it, in order to be free of them. So that's if you believe that you have any kind of responsibility in attracting anyone to your life. Now, if you do not understand or don't believe or are not clear about law of attraction or law of appreciation or any of those types of things that you feel like it's everybody else's fault, then let me just say that part of what we teach in all of our experiences that I've been doing this for 37 years is that you are responsible for your thoughts, your beliefs, and your actions. You're not responsible for anybody else, but you're responsible for what you believe and what you think and what your actions are. So if you want to, if you feel like you've been a victim a lot, okay, you might want to look at, okay, where do I show up? Do I show up blaming other people or shaming myself, feeling bad, guilty, or making excuses? So when you do that, it keeps you stuck, keeps you stuck in that rut. So I'm going to go a little bit more into that in a minute, but I just want to say that you got to look at the big picture here, that if you believe or if you want to believe that you attract people to you in order for you to learn something, then this is that weird paradox. We don't want the same thing to happen in our relationships and being intimate, and yet we attract people to us that that bring up the same stuff. And guess what? We are the common denominator. Yeah, I've had 14 bad relationships in a row, but guess who's the common denominator? Okay? So why resist getting close? Well, when we resist positive attention and love, we, we do. We resist it because it's due to our conditioning. The force of positive attention pulls us close. We really want to get close. So that positive attention we really, really want, and yet our conditioning pulls us apart. So it's this weird paradox. So it's real, I say, look, if you really want to grow and learn more about yourself, get into a relationship and be intimate with someone. That also means have children because, you know, kids and relationships can really bring up everything um, that you don't like in your life. <laughs> and, and it really gives you the opportunity to look at what is happening, you know, how are you creating things, you know. Uh, it can bring up things in your past that you can look at so you can heal it. And one of the best ways of... Uh, those of you who have taken my essence of being, you know all about, hopefully you remember, Buckminster Fuller and the orbiting and love process. And orbiting and love, just to remind everyone and those who have never heard this, 
that Buckminster Fuller talked about how we orbit in love, and that's a really healthy way to be intimate and be in a relationship with someone, is that understanding and believing and really getting that you are whole and complete and you do not need anybody else to complete you. One plus one equals three, which means there's me and there's you, and you put me and you together, and that makes us. It makes a whole nother entity. So you don't lose who you are in a relationship or being intimate. You don't lose yourself. And you're not looking to that other person to fill your void. Because a lot of times we get intimate or have sex or want to get into a relationship because we're saying to that other person, love me enough, show me I'm lovable so I can love myself. Fill up my empty heart. I feel incomplete. Fill me up. And so what ends up happening when you do that, it puts a lot of stress and strain on each other because that person has probably needing the same thing. And it gets really exhausting after a while. So if you look at yourself as saying, you know what, I'm whole and complete. That other person's whole and complete. I'm going to attract a person that is whole and complete. And when you do that, when you have these conscious, enlightened relationships, what happens when you meet in the middle, when you're orbiting together, you're not joining forces, you're expanding. You're not contracting into one, you're expanding into three because you haven't lost yourself. And so when you take Essence of Being, when you come to any of the classes, I mean, we get to experience this on uh, another level. So um, this is one way to be intimate and not lose who you are and not be afraid that you're going to um, be left or abandoned or because um, it doesn't really matter as far as who you are because you're whole and complete. And believe me, the more you love yourself and the more you fill up your own hole or fill up your own void, the more you do that with your own sense of purpose and love and self-esteem and connection and power, you attract the same kind of people. So why do we pull back? Why do we pull back? A lot of times what we do in an intimate relationship, or or if we want to have an intimate relationship, we go numb. Some of us cut off our sensations, right? We stop breathing and we shut down. We just numb out because it hurts to feel sometimes. Or... Another way that we can pull back and not be intimate is we make each other wrong. So we start projecting. We project all the things that we don't like about ourselves onto that other person. And then we start putting up uh, territories around that person and start making them wrong for who they are. And that person probably does the same thing on us, right? That can happen. Another way that we pull back is we play our old tapes. So oftentimes if we go out of control, and control is a big deal, okay? If we go out of control, if we are intimate and it's unfamiliar, so We go to what's familiar in relationships. So letting go of control can be scary. And it's unfamiliar for some. And so what we end up doing is playing the same old tapes over and over and over again because they're familiar. And so that's why we keep repeating some of the same type of behaviors in a relationship or in intimacy. Because the fear of letting go of the control and the unfamiliar zone. I may not like it, but it's familiar. Another way that we pull back is our power struggle. We get into power struggles about who's got the bigger whatever, okay? And we can also pull back by conflicting feelings, meaning that, you know, our past resentments that we have about that person or other people, it's all pushed up. We it comes out. 
whenever there's a lot of love there. So we have these conflicting feelings. It's like you're acting like my last boyfriend or my last girlfriend, or you're acting like, you know, my mother treated me this way, so I don't like it anymore, and I'm pushing all this up so uh, because there's a lot of love here, but it hurts. And a lot of times we pull back by just having arguments or illness. We get ill. That's one way to pull back and not be intimate. Now, I'm not saying that you consciously do any of this. And you might be asking yourself, well, what does this have to do with sex? So what I'm going to do is share a few more things, and then we're going to go in and see what your belief systems are about sex and if they're working for you, okay, and what we can shift out of if they're not. Urge. So, yeah. Can you hear me? Okay, yeah. I wasn't sure if I was on me. I just wondered uh, what you actually use as a definition for the term intimacy. Into me see. Right. I saw into me see. I heard you say that. But what actually is my definition? My definition yeah, of intimacy is when you open up and you're vulnerable and you're allowing another person to come into your space. And what I mean by that is you're, they can see you. It's sort of like... Um, Avatar, you know, where they were touching foreheads in that movie when they say, I see you. Uh-huh. It's the intimate uh, opening okay, up so a barrier. There's no barrier. It's not necessarily a partner. No. But some, no. Okay. No. You don't have to be, you don't have to have sex and have, uh, and be in a relationship to be intimate. Got it. Okay. I mean, aren't you intimate with kids? I try. Okay. I mean, if you have children, you know, the intimacy levels are meaning that you open up and you're vulnerable and you connect heart to heart. And there's, uh-huh. not, a lot of, there's not a lot of walls and boundaries. and Not boundaries, boundaries not a good word. There's not a lot it's of walls. It's easier to do it with other, other people other than my own. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Well, it's, can be feel, it can feel safer that way, too, because it's, it's not as much at risk. So yeah, let me just see more accepting. Pardon me? Um, for example, I'm taking a class in public speaking, and I'm the old person. They are in their 20s, and they're so accepting of me. I just feel also the teacher's my age, and she also is accepting and draws me into what they're talking about. And the kids, it's just a wonderful class because they're so accepting. And there is intimacy within this one semester of class, yet, to direct that per se to my my own child and his girlfriend, um, the issue being his girlfriend. Um, I don't. I want to do that, but I don't know how to do that. That's so a whole nother level. That's a different thing, other than say, like you know, you're referring it to intimacy and uh, you know, sex. There's a whole nother level that's going different. on there, and there's a there's a lot of levels when you talk about your child and. You know your son. Is it your son? Yes. Yeah, your son yes. and your and a girlfriend that comes in. Then you, then there's a lot of other things that come up for a mother probably. Um, and what I have found is the jealousy and the, I'm not the number one. And what about me? And what happened to I our relationship? And all of that. But I'm not aware but, of feeling that. But yeah. she feels that way toward me. Okay, well, he's having to choose. That's a whole other conversation. That's another conversation. Now, I do private sessions. (laughs) Yeah, I do need to do that. Yeah, that was one of the things. But you're welcome to call in. I'd like an hour to really sit and go (laughs) over that. Thank you. Thank you for that. However, do continue. That's perfect. No, perfect. So please feel free, any of you, please. So call me. We can set up sessions. I can send you links. I do private sessions for anybody uh, through Zoom, or if I'm in town, I can do it uh, in person, okay? Right. All right. So most of us could learn to receive a lot more pleasure than we're now experiencing. So the key to this is our willingness to have it. So to have a good sex life, we must have high self-esteem. So think about it. If you have low opinion of yourself, you won't think you deserve sexual pleasure. Or another way of looking at this is to say that you will only have as much pleasure in sex as you're willing to give yourself. 
So these days people have read, you know, so much about sexual technique that both men and women are self-conscious and worried about perhaps gratifying their partners. But what actually works best in bed is pleasing yourself. Now, by this I mean that the partners that you're with can make an agreement to be responsible for their own orgasms and their own pleasure by telling each other what is most pleasurable and taking turns and giving and receiving. So if you agree to be completely honest about your desires and your responses, then there's never any need to wonder about whether your partner is happy or bored or satisfied or frustrated or tired or turned on or whatever. But communication is the key. And that comes back to that vulnerability, allowing yourself to be seen. Now, of course, sexual fulfillment requires you to get rid of all your old negative thoughts, right, about sex being dirty or dangerous or forbidden or scary or whatever, because a new mantra could be, and maybe that's been your uh, evidence. Maybe you've had that evidence many times or once or twice. So a good mantra or a good affirmation is to understand that sex is innocent. It's all those old negative things that we attach to that that's messed up. So you can start clearing all of that by writing down all of your negative thoughts about sex and turning them into affirmations. And remember, affirmations are little lies you tell yourself until they become true. So this kind of sounds obvious, but it is very important. When you're having sex, it helps to think about sex. Okay? Many people actually think about the dry cleaning or the garbage or what are the kids doing, the shopping. So focus your whole attention on the area of your body that is being touched. During foreplay, when you're taking turns, pleasuring each other, both people should be concentrating their attention on the person receiving. So think about it. Two minds focused on one body makes a very powerful sexual energy, and sex is energy. It's a kundalini force. It's energy in motion. The purer your energy, the purer and greater the sexual experience. It really can be a very spiritual experience. It helps to remind yourself that you can stop and talk during a sexual experience, especially if it is not going the way you want. And for some reason, people behave as if, you know, once you start, you can't change it or talk about it until it's over. So communication, yet again, is really important, and that is being vulnerable. It's sharing your innermost thoughts and beliefs and experiences. You have to learn to ask for what you like. And just next time you have sex, just notice if you're holding your breath. Some people really hold their breath during lovemaking or sexual experiences. So one wonderful way to allow that kundalini life force that's natural and innocent to flow through you is you breathe. And when I do a lot, I do a lot of breath work with people and sometimes, you know, they have orgasms just because of breathing. I think that's why people like doing yoga too, it's a breath. That's kind of a joke, but not. Okay. So if you trust and allow, it suddenly becomes safe to let go totally. You can surrender or allow because you know that there's nothing lurking down there that's scary or sad. So, I mean, that is, that's the pinnacle. That's where we all want to go to is to know that there's nothing scary or sad about surrendering or allowing. And in order to do that, we have to self-disclose. And, you know, there's lots of ways to do that. So let me explain self-disclose a little bit, and then we're going to go in, and I want you to get your paper and your pencil so we can start maybe finding out what's going on in your subconscious about all of this. 
Okay, so the, there's four different quadrants to yourself. There is the open self, and the open self, it contains all of your conscious actions and your statements. Your open self is known to yourself and it's known to others. Okay, this is what you allow people to see. The second part is our blind self, which is it's comprised of things others can find out about us that we are unaware of, like our habits or our mannerisms or defense mechanisms or flight strategies. That's our blind self. It's unknown to us, but it is known to others. They can see it but we're blind to it. The third quadrant is our hidden self, hidden. This includes all of our secrets, everything that we think, feel, and desire that we keep to ourselves. So this is, our hidden self is our known self. We know what all that is, but we don't let anybody else know. It's unknown to others. That's where we hold a lot of shame, and that's where our low self-esteem is. And then the fourth quadrant is our unknown self. And that's the one that is unknown to ourself and others, which is our unconscious, basically, and our subconscious. Dreams, mystical experiences, drug trips, those are the strongest evidence to show you that they do exist that there is this unknown subconscious or unconscious self. And that, of course, is what I deal in all the time with my bubble talk. And bubble talk is the subconscious thoughts that keep us from getting what we want. So if you want to have a relationship and you want to have sexual experiences or have intimacy with people, but you just don't know why it's not easy for you or maybe you just want more of it, and that could be because your conscious thought and your subconscious thought are not aligned. So we're going to go in and find out what some of your subconscious is, okay? And those are the ones that are running you anyway, and that's my bubble talk spiel. So let's go ahead. And what I want you to do is to do a stream of consciousness writing. What that means is I'm going to say a couple of sentences. And when I say the sentence, I want you to just finish it, okay? If you're listening on the recording, I am going to record, you know, this is all being recorded, so you can always go back and do it later if you're driving or whatever. But this, I'm going to say uh, one, two, three, four, four different statements. And you just finish the statements. Now, I want you just to, whatever comes up, first thing that comes up, don't edit it, don't try to figure it out. Just write down the very first things that come up, okay? All right, the first one is, the trouble with sex is, the trouble with sex is, just finish the blank. And just finish up on the one you're on. And the next one. What I learned from my mom about sex is... What I learned from my mom about sex is... Or your female caregiver, if you didn't live with your mom. What did you learn? Either what she tell you or what did you notice, or what did you think, or what did you hear? And then finish up on the one you're on. And 
And the next one, what I learned from my dad about sex is, what I learned from my dad about sex is, and it could be your male caregiver if you didn't live with your dad, what did you hear? What did you think? What were you told? And then finish up on the one you're on. And then the last one. Now, take a deep breath. My most negative thought about sex is, write down the first thing that comes up. My most negative thought about sex is, okay, finish up on that one. So what I want you to notice is this. Is there a pattern? Do you see a pattern anywhere of the same things you wrote down about your mom or your dad or yourself? Did you take on perhaps your parents' beliefs around sex or... Do you see how if you have a belief system around your negative thought about sex and it keeps appearing and it keeps coming up in your life, can you see how if you keep holding on to that same belief, you're going to keep creating the same result? Whatever the result is. So my suggestion would be to take whatever you wrote down and if you can find a pattern or even if you can't, you want to change everything that you wrote down that that maybe everything was awesome and you know positive, which is great. If it wasn't and it, you had some negative things that feel negative to you anyway, you can change those and shift those into a positive affirmation. So at least you're, we, what we did is we kind of poked around with a stick a little bit just to see what's in there. So um, who wants to volunteer, and I'll, I'll move you through to an affirmation really quick, and you can hit star six. Um, yeah. I'm willing. Okay. My, what came up to me was really weird, and there was no pattern. So as a person who loves belief systems and reprogramming them, I really challenge you to uh, figure this out here. Okay, go for it. What were your answers? On the third on the third question you asked me to fill in, my answer was clothing. And I do not understand that in any way. Okay, that was your dad. Yes. Okay. What was your mom's? That men have penises. She okay. taught me sex ed. Okay. And what was your most negative thought about sex? Am I pleasuring them? Am I good enough? Are you good enough? Okay. And so the trouble with sex is that was the first one, what you put down? Patience. Okay. So the weird part for you was your clothing part? Yeah. Okay. So is that all the is that the only word that came out was clothing? 
or was it a complete? That's cor- it, at first, it caught me off guard because I don't recall my dad bringing anything up around the topic. He just let my mom handle it. Mm-hmm. But the only thing he did bring up was clothing about looking too sexy and it's wrong oh, so it's gosh. sexy. That's what I was going to say. Okay. So the whole belief that you're not good enough, meaning that um, this that's the bottom line from what I'm feeling into this right now is that the thought is that I'm not good enough is what you said, that you're, that's your most negative thought anyway about sex is that you're not going to be good enough and your mom... Um, taught you about penises and those types of things, but your dad was saying um, you got to make sure that you're not too provocative and that you're just not, you got to make sure you're good enough. You got to make sure that you are good enough in order to be loved. And what that, I feel like you had probably a dichotomy of, like you said, your mom was, she, she went into it a lot with you. Is that true or no? Well, she only went up to me three times, and then she left it alone ever since. Say that again. I'm sorry. She what? She only brought it up with me three times, but after that, she's never brought it up since. Okay. Okay. How old are you? 23. Okay. All right. So... Oftentimes, our parents don't know what to say to us about sex. Okay, because they're they have their own shame and their own fears and their own um, belief systems that they have around. And your dad definitely wants you to be protected. Okay, so your dad wanted to make sure you were protected. Your mom was uh, saying whatever she felt like would be best for you to be safe. Okay, and to understand. Okay. It. And your negative thought about that is. is that I'm not, I'm never going to be good enough. I have to be safe and I have to be protected. So that's fear-based. Would you agree? I agree. Okay. So that's a fear-based kind of belief. And then if your own thought system, the first things that come up is I'm not going to be good enough. Okay. That's fear-based as well. Well, actually, it came up in two parts was am I pleasuring them? Am I good enough? Yeah. Bottom line, am I good enough? Because when you say, when I'm good enough, that is a basic core bubble is what I call it. It's a core belief, a core negative bubble that can permeate into all areas of your life, not just intimacy and relationships and sex. When you're feeling not good enough, sometimes it can rear its ugly head in other ways, where you feel like you might have to try harder, you know, or you have to be perfect in order to be good enough, and then you beat yourself up if you're not, and, you know, it goes into this whole um, grand round-robin kind of a experience that you have. So, yeah, it's safety from your mom and your dad. So what was the first thing that says the trouble with sex is? Patience. Patience. Okay. Patience with you or patience with someone else? Um, has to be the right person, right? Does it have to be the right person? Patience with laying them in and patience with... Uh, well, don't think too hard, honey. It's it's basically I it's it's patience with letting them in means you want to make sure they're safe. Yeah. You want to make sure it's safety. So that's what, again what your mom and your dad were bringing up for you, okay? To make it safe. And so that's what you're saying. Am I good enough, or is that person good enough? Are they safe? Am I going to be safe? And so my suggestion for your affirmation would be. Um, I allow or let me put I it, allow I am willing to allow how about that how about I am willing to allow sex to be safe Okay perfect okay so hold that as your affirmation Thank Thanks you for volunteering okay good so the thing is that everybody 
I'm going to give you several affirmations, and some of this might work for, for many of you, okay? Because remember, sex is energy, and remember that kundalini life force that flows through us? It is allowing our life force to move through it. So if we shut that down through our sexual um, no sex or no intimacy or n- neither, we can shut down our life force. So... Like I said, if you bring another person into our life, see, they have their own traumas, right? They have their own expectations, and they have their own judgments. So, again, it's really, really important to have communication. And connection and communication is opening yourself up. Choose to keep your beliefs serving yourself or replace them. So let me give you some wonderful affirmations to use if you choose to. And the first one was sex is innocent. So a lot of times we for if we force or withhold sex, that's oftentimes because we're projecting our own fears onto that other person. So the life force moving through us is innocent. Sex is innocent. Because it is life force. A second affirmation could be, I'm responsible for my sexual experiences. I'm responsible for my sexual experiences. So if you have ever been victimized or traumatized or abused in any way, it can create a sense of fear and we just won't allow it in our life because fear comes up. So having sex or being intimate like that brings up a lot of fear because we don't want to get hurt again. So if you say to yourself, I allow my beliefs and my thoughts and my feelings and my actions to to be safe. And it can give you some kind of a comfort that you're responsible. You're responsible for your own sexual experiences. And this goes back to what I said at the very beginning about responsibility. So if you blame or shame or justify or feel guilty about anything in your life, then that can hold you in a track of being a victim. It can hold you into that track of, I can't do anything about it, or I don't want to do anything about it. So because if you think about it, if you say to yourself, I'm responsible for my thoughts, my beliefs, and my actions, and I choose to take responsibility for my own sexual experiences from now on, then that gives you freedom. My ability to respond determines the quality of my life. My ability to respond determines the quality of my life. So the third affirmation you could say is, I'm willing to receive pleasure. I'm willing to receive pleasure. Be willing to be willing. You deserve it. And many believe that pleasure comes with a price. What do I have to do in return? So just know that that can come up for you. So I would just say, I am willing to receive pleasure, period, because I deserve it. No strings attached. No price price comes with it. And the fourth affirmation can be, I give myself permission to surrender and feel pleasure and be intimate. I give myself permission to surrender and feel pleasure and be intimate. Because you can feel pleasure being intimate with someone without it being a sexual experience. And so one last affirmation I want to give you is sex is the spiritual act.
So that might be uh, out of your comfort zone, but those are some affirmations that might work for you based on what you wrote down as some of your fears or some of the things that came up for you. Clearly, there's so much more. I mean, I do a whole three days on this, Essence of Relationships, okay? But um, this will get you at least thinking. And I want to give you some tools that you can use to help you and support you through this journey, okay, of loving yourself more, having higher self-esteem, allowing more intimacy in your life. So one of my favorite tools is to stand in front of a mirror and stand in front of of that mirror naked, dun-dun-dun, okay, and touch each part of your body and say, I love you. And caress that part. Caress your hair and your eyes, your arms, your shoulders, your tummy, all those beautiful parts or bottoms everywhere. And just say, I love you, as you're looking in the mirror. Now, you might feel embarrassed to even do that. And just kind of notice that. Don't beat yourself up about it, but just notice, I can't even stand in front of a mirror. But this will help with getting more innocent and unloving yourself and this body that, that you have that deserves to feel pleasure. And our second chakras, those of you who know chakras, it's that energy, it's energy wheels and you're in and outside of our bodies, it's energy systems, okay? And our second chakra is our pleasure center. It, by the way, it's also our money maker. So that second chakra also, if you find yourself um, wanting more cash in your life, I always say shake your money maker because that's your second chakra, but it's also connected to your pleasure center. So every morning, wake up, stand up, bend your knees, and shake that second chakra, which is right above, right below your belly button. It's above your pubic bone and below your belly button, around that area. That's your second chakra. So just shake it. That's where the sensuality and the sexuality and the connection and the pleasure, you wake it up. And it also allows you to bring in more cash, believe it or not. So shake your moneymaker every morning. So there's one more tool that I'll give you. It's called the wet truth process, and it's very intimate. Uh, I would do that with a partner that you are willing to be naked in front of, and you sit in a bathtub or a hot tub or something or a pool or wherever, in a body of water somewhere, but you're naked. And you sit knee to knee, or you look at each other and hold hands, and you tell your truth to that person, and you say, what I feel like saying is, and you say whatever it is you want to say, and that other person listens. They don't talk to you. They don't try to you know, have a conversation. They don't interject. They don't interrupt. And you just say whatever you feel like saying. And then it's the other person's turn. Then they look at you as they're holding you in the water, naked, and they say whatever they feel like saying. And you listen and not interrupt and not edit it and don't think about it. It's called the wet truth process. And what that does is it really opens you up to being vulnerable, intimate, freeing up, being honest and allowing. Because remember, my strength lies in my vulnerability. Into me see. So I invite all of you to, and I uh, give you all a, um, I invite you really just to look at How can I open myself up and feel safe in my body, allowing someone in that space? And it can be with or without sex. But sexuality and sex itself is a life force extension. So people withhold what they want sometimes and withdraw energy and then resent that in the other person so give yourself permission to not withhold 
Give yourself permission and know it's safe. Sex is aliveness. It's life force. It's innocent. It's creative. I mean, it creates babies, but also it creates. It's a life force. It creates. And it could activate. And high self-esteem is part of it. Love yourself and your body and your self-worth. Be willing to receive and be responsible for your own sexual experiences. And so I hope that this helped, uh, hoped it helped you guys with having some thoughts about how can I shift out of where I've been and maybe have more of what I want. And please, I invite you, if you got anything out of this, please come to our live events that we do with um, Essence of Being is going to be coming to Florida, uh, Fort Lauderdale, the 27th through the 29th in April. So it's going to be one of the last two ones that I do there this year. So I only have one other one that I'll be doing there. So come, come, come. I'm inviting you to join us for those three days. Also, I'll be in New York this weekend on Saturday if you're in the area. I'm doing an Essence of Abundance class. It's a one-day abundance class. And then in May, I'm doing all my, I call it my, uh, well, it's called Higher Vibes. So May is my Higher Vibes month. (laughs) May 4th through the 6th, I'm doing it in Fort Lauderdale. And then May 18th through the 20th, I'm doing it in Atlanta. And I will just say that uh, it's the best kind of high you can get without actually taking drugs. It's even better. So I invite you to come play with me on that level, and it's a really, um, it's a high-level experience. Um, So some people call it my woo-woo class, okay? So I'm inviting you to come to those as well. Go to essenceofbeing.com. Check me out also on Tuesdays and Fridays. I do Bubble Talk with Burge on Facebook. You can go to Burge Smith Lions or Essence of Being on Facebook and check me out live. My my little boy, my little fur baby has been very sick, and so I was not able to be on it yesterday, but I'll be in New York, and I will be doing it Friday in New York. So look for me then. Now, I'm going to unmute everybody so you can... Say hello and so long and anything else that you'd like to say. So I want to unmute. What everybody. kind of fur baby do you have? A little Shih Tzu. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry he's sick. I really relate. Yeah, he's, he's on his last thing here. So yeah. Let's see here. Well, you know. Okay, everybody's unmuted, everybody. All right. Hey, Bird. All right. I'll see you Saturday. Bird. Yeah. I got a job. Here. Yay! <gasps> Congratulations. Thank you. Awesome. Um, awesome. I work awesome. with Carnival Cruise Line. Awesome. Personal vacation planner, so... and I can actually start booking April 30th. That's awesome, honey. Congratulations. Yep. Thank See? you. All good things come to all good people. So uh, until it... next time, I will be here. I will be doing my next Power Hour, everybody, May 16th. It's always the third Wednesday of every month at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And hey, that's my birthday. And oh, awesome! Well, celebrate. We just got we just got the job at Carnival. Karima. Karima, wow! Congratulations. That's Thank awesome. You. And what I'm going to do is I'll be speaking on trusting your intuition. So it sounded like uh, Karima and all of you are trusting your intuition. (laughs) Oh, and the best part is they know that I am a medical cannabis patient. Oh, awesome. That that for me was the biggest winner of all because it's not easy to get a job when you are a patient and they accept it. Until recently. Okay, my friends. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> All right, so I want to uh, just say so long, and I'll see you guys May 16th on the next Power Hour, but I hopefully I'll see you in New York, Florida, or Atlanta uh, in the next uh, three or four weeks. So I invite you to come and play with me or call me, uh, email me, burge at essenceofbeing.com, or you can call our 800 number, 888-455-66, and uh, go to essenceofbeing.com and uh, check out all of our schedule of events and everything that we have to offer and go have some sex and be intimate guys thank you <laughs> thanks Bert. All Bert, right, when are well. you in Florida pardon me when are you in Florida 
uh, April 27th through the 29th. I'll be doing SRT, and I'll be doing Higher Vibes May 4th through the 6th in Fort Lauderdale, both of those. That's so fourth. I'll be there all May week. Fourth. Why is it always begin when I'm doing a fire? I know. <laughs> all right. Yeah, let me let me get off of the um, – I can stay on for a few minutes. Let me go ahead and take this off of – thank you all for joining us, and I'll be right back. <laughs> 